You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Partigan and Stapes invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. I'm worried about you, Joey. You don't look yourself today. Now, granted, it's 5 a.m. in Los Angeles when we're recording this show, but there's something not right, and it's not your hair this week. I, uh, I, I, I don't know how this is visibly apparent to you, but I've been dumped for like the fourth time in two weeks. How is um, that possible? Well, exactly. It's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy because if I was seeing enough people within the span of two weeks, maybe I deserve to be dumped by all of them. Yes, I would agree with that. But they didn't know that. <laughs> when you say you got dumped, is this I went out on a date with someone and it didn't go anywhere because that's not my definition of being dumped. I'm counting that as one of the four, and okay. I know, but like when it's like the cumulative effect, it feels like being dumped after the, oh, hey, sorry, I know I haven't been in touch for a week, but I just wasn't feeling it when we went out. And I was like, yeah, story checks out. Anyway, we've got happy, fun poker in the ears time right yes. now. Coming up on today's show, uh, we will be recapping Monaco main event number three. People seem to be really happy. We're back on the air. None more than me and my hungry children uh also today uh we'll be talking to selena lynn she was on episode two featured pre pre uh, pretty heavily there she is always a very good time i believe that she teased us with another calamity story so i'm looking forward to this i don't know how she's gonna top monkey bite but we will do <laughs> our best no come on uh the, the teapot on the is better than the monkey bite See, exactly. So maybe there'll be a third contender. I got to play the smallest amount of live poker over the weekend at a charity event in Carlsbad, California. I got a few short stories from there. Every time you say this, I refuse to believe that Carlsbad is a place in California. It sounds like it should be somewhere in Scandinavia. Carlsbad is the whitest city I've been to in a long time. And it is beautiful, though. Not the whiteness part, but like just the geography of the area is uh, just gorgeous, like picturesque california uh halfway between la and san diego james so i mean think about that okay i'm glad you got to play some poker though looking forward to hearing about it uh i discovered that live Bree is actually a part of mainstream pop culture maybe you guys are tweeting about this over the weekend i actually did discover this unlike some of the other things i claim to discover like trucker hats or shia labeouf <laughs> i didn't see anything on twitter <laughs> this weekend so i will be discovering it for the first time when you tell us Excellent. Very good. Uh, this week's super fan is Harry Mansell, and yes. his specialist subject is Gladiator. Are you not entertained? Big fan of that movie. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Now, last week, I did the Jaws questions, because I know Jaws inside out, back to front. In fact, I was so inspired by compiling the Jaws quiz that I watched the movie again this weekend. Gladiator, I haven't seen in a few years, so this was outsourced to our trusty interns. And only five minutes before sitting down in this seat did I bother to look at the questions they compiled. This is really tough. This is ridiculously tough. Um, sorry, this is because they got to watch the movie on company time, so they feel like they yeah. need to make a kick-ass quiz to, like, <laughs> compensate for it. I, you've got it. Got it down to a T. Well, guys, I will get my revenge, whether in this life or the next. Okay, I'm going to give you a point in advance for that one. Joe has a 1-0 <laughs> lead going into this week's game. Let me, uh, all right, let me tell you about this live story, James. This is, uh, interesting. So, I have a friend who is a dominatrix. Okay, as uh, all stories start that way, right? Right, as you do. Uh, and so she also is like a waitress and a bartender. And so we were just texting one night and I said, I hope you made a lot of money tonight. And she's like, no, business is really bad. But I worked my other job this afternoon and business was really good. And so just to be funny, I wanted to like text her back like an animated GIF of, uh, of a person with a whip. Okay. And and so I have this animated GIF app on my phone. I won't say what it is, uh, but it's the one you get in the, you know, the, the Apple store. Okay. And, and you were thinking of the PokerStars commercial from a few years ago where Liv cracks the whip? I wasn't thinking of it. I just wrote whip into the search bar on this app that automatically comes up with the animated GIFs. And the very first GIF that comes up is that image. Wow. Yeah. And so I was like, I immediately like 
took one of it and I, I sent it to Liv and I was like, did you know about this? And she hadn't, she didn't know. So over the weekend, Liv on social media went, was like pretty obsessively checking uh, where like in the search terms, uh, her picture would come up in the various different countries. Oh, how weird. No, I didn't yeah. see I didn't see that one mentioned. I did, however, see you bitching and whining about season two of Stranger Things. And bizarrely, I then started watching season two, and I agree with you 100%. It's neither Stranger nor is it Things. Oh, like, my I don't know God, how, it's so I don't know how slow. far you got, but I, episode six was the first episode that I felt like it's going more somewhere. than yeah w- more than one thing happened and i it was really funny because i don't like being this cynical but i'm watching stuff and then i'm like by the way spoilers guys not not huge ones but spoilers uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna give out some major spoilers so if you're not interested okay. in hearing about stranger things just scrub through the next two minutes or so uh, how far are you by the way so we don't spoil it for each other I'm at least. only on episode three or four i think I, okay. I i just finished episode three which had the fucking cleaning montage in it Oh my God, so bad. Well, there's James, there's another scene where they like try to figure something out, but it's like the exact same devices they use in season one. And a, a couple of people brought this up to me. And my, and my point about this was this is that I guess season one was pretty boring also, but it just had this really novel aesthetic that kept us entertained for a little bit. And now the aesthetic's like, Still kind of cute, but like it's not that novel anymore. So something needs to fucking happen. But there was also a sense of mystery in the first season because we didn't quite understand this other dimension. And now we know all about that. There are three principal things that really irritate me about this season. Number one, while I will concede that Millie Bobby Brown is the best thing about Stranger Things, she made this awesome self-sacrifice. Her character, Eleven, made this self-sacrifice at the end of season one where effectively you think she's dead. She's gone. And she's back in it, straight from the beginning, season two. And I get wanting to have her in the show, but it just seems like such a kind of fuck you to the audience, having had that amazing conclusion to the first season. I think part of the reason why it's such a fuck you too, James, is the way they're telling the story. Now, uh, this is really pissing me off that we know Millie Bobby Brown sitting in the cabin with fucking uh, whatever the cops, David Harbour. And it keeps cutting back to these flashbacks Oh. Of her of her getting picked up by him. Including the, very, the infamous cleaning montage. Did I mention the cleaning montage? Right. And so and I was like, what if if you tell that story in order instead of from the end backwards, then maybe it's actually a little more interesting that when we finally do get her back. Sure. But because she starts off back and then they they're like, We know what happened. He obviously found her in the woods and brought her here. We don't need to see it. Burns the fucking story. Absolutely. Unnecessary backstory. But like the Star Wars prequels. Uh the second thing is the addition of the character Max, which feels like the addition of Poochie in Itchy and Scratchy. <laughs> and thirdly, and most annoyingly for me, I never found the kid with the curly hair with no teeth particularly likable or cute. I think he's intensely annoying. And in this season, his character's motivations and actions make no fucking sense. It gets so much These worse. kids know about this parallel universe. Yes! They know about the monsters that inhabit this universe, and yet he's like, oh, this little thing's really cute. Don't harm it. I've got an understanding. It's like, don't be so fucking stupid. I totally agree, man. It's like almost every single character in their show had like they rewound their mentality like about six episodes. Yeah. Like it's like everyone's it's like their minds got erased and everyone's like just starting over from scratch. Like, you know about this already. I will say I fucking love Sean Astin's character. Yes. And maybe it's just just because I love him so much. But we love man, us some they- Sean Astin. Shark Cage season two. They fuck, if they fuck with that guy, I would be really pissed off. Uh, actually, let's talk about poker then. You mentioned Sean Astin. We've had him on our TV shows before. This charity event you went to in Carlsbad. Probably the best poker town in the world. <laughs> Carlsbad. Yeah. Uh, this guy named John Caldwell used to work for Poker Stars off and on. was like kind of instrumental in getting me my first ever job with Poker Stars. Uh, That's because he didn't know about Nick Shulman. <laughs> That's true. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you saw his tweet recently where he said he wished he had knew- known about Nick Shulman when they were casting the big I game. Unbelievable. I genuinely can't believe he tweeted that. And your reaction, which obviously had your, your tongue in your cheek, you're like, I'm not sure how I feel about this. There probably was a certain amount of genuine, I'm not sure how I feel about this. It was genuine. And then he felt the need to text me and be like, don't get your panties in a bunch, like acting like I'm the one who was like... <laughs> 
being too offended by it. Anyway, I do uh, like this guy very much and would probably do a lot of favors for him. So he's involved with the Boys and Girls Club of uh, Carlsbad, and they have a live uh, charity poker tournament every year. And as John is wont to do, he just showed up last year and he was like, oh, poker tournament. You say, you know, I could probably get you some people for this. Um, So last year he got Maria Ho to host the event. This year, Maria hosted the event. That's correctly. That's correctly. That is correct. Maria hosted the event. Um, and so this year, for one reason or another, um, any self-deprecating reason of your choice, she wasn't available. Uh, they asked me instead. And my job was both to MC, but like mainly you've seen this before, James, that the MC's job is to like really hawk the rebuys. Oh, God, yeah. You basically got to get those people putting their hands in their pockets and just shoving dollar bills in the donations jar. Right. So ahead of time, Caldwell calls me and he's like, look, um, I know they are going to tell you to get rebuys. Maria got like maybe a half dozen rebuys last year. Don't worry about it. Like it, it's really these people uh, once that once they've paid their buy and they really don't want to rebuy. So don't take it r- the wrong way if they don't do it. Well, James, these guys rebought. I don't know if it was a different structure or if it was because I was like challenging their masculinity a lot of the time, but these guys rebought. Apparently it was some kind of record. Um, they don't have the final number numbers in, but uh, everyone was super happy. Is this your the... way of saying in your face, Maria Ho, if we were on commission, bit. I'd get the Cadillac. You wouldn't even get the steak knives. You'd be fired. Absolutely. Your third prize is you're fired. And by the way, um, she looks like she quit before she could get the chance. Um, so they had this thing called this, this state super secret second chance sit and go. And basically... <laughs> Well, I called it that. I was going to say, there is no way that anyone involved with this event came up with that name other than you. Okay, yeah, it was definitely me. Do you remember, for example, do you remember the the, the poker tournament that we don't normally talk about, which was the uh, the 2016 Charity Invitational at the PCA, which you throughout referred to as the Stapes Invitational. You made sure that you got your name in there, even though it wasn't in the fucking title. That's right. Well, hey, it's all about branding, James. And I was trying. I was doing it for for us. Uh, so they had this uh, sit and go where basically once some tables got freed up, they wanted to squeeze some more money out of people. By the way, they had amazing prizes in this thing. Like this was a two hundred dollars sit and go, and the appeal was that you got to play with stapes. Um, and we were, uh, yeah. Well, I was afraid that it wasn't going to fill no, up. I James. can imagine a lot of people would love the opportunity to play poker against you because you're going to be entertaining, and also you're probably going to lose your chips to them. Exactly, and I I deemed myself ineligible for the prizes, so there would be no um, <laughs> no surprises later on. And uh, the tournament not only filled up quickly, but it filled up with two people who insisted on multi tabling. Um, so they were still playing in like the main event of the charity tournament, <laughs> so and they're running, running between over. the main event and a sit and go. Yes, uh, to play with yours truly. Uh, no, I think it was actually because they had sick prizes. Like first place prize for two hundred dollars sit and go was like a private helicopter ride for four plus like three nights accommodation like the top of a mountain shit like that okay so yeah really really good prices can i just check because we've been down this road before if through some strange twist of fate you were to win the state super secret second chance sit and go would you have been eligible to win the prize or would you have had to have donated it back that's why i um deemed myself ineligible at the beginning of the sit to avoid disappointment Uh, later exactly exactly (laughs) just so that i wouldn't have to worry about it later on um so when i'm calling out the names for this sit and go i had at this point been really loose because it had been a few hours i may have had a vodka or two and i looked up the sheet and it looked like one of the guy's names was buttleburn (laughs) yeah and i was like buttleburn oh come on this is a layup this is too fucking easy and i just ripped this giant f-bomb let's just uh, rewind the conversation when joe says he may have had a vodka or two let's translate that joe definitely had at least six vodkas i definitely had two straight i mean vodka on the rocks so um and there was a vodka sponsor and this stuff was pretty poisonous um so there was that there was a guy who like people were like calling me over to their tables because part of my job is i was handing out gift cards to people who were rebuying so they, I got called over this table and I was like, who needs, who rebought? And they keep pointing at this guy who's like really embarrassed and like sort of hiding his face from me. Aww. And 
they're like, no, 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 this guy, he didn't ask for a rebuy. He said something about wanting to punch someone in the face. And my guess is that he was sitting right next to the speaker. My guess is that he was annoyed with me. And they called me over and called him out for wanting to punch me in the face. And then the guy couldn't even make eye contact with me. Oh, how awkward. I mean, don't he shouldn't feel too guilty. He will not be the first person in a poker room who's wanted I mean, to punch you in the face. It's just we don't normally shine a spotlight on them. That's how I kind of wanted to... Uh, I want. I, I kind of played it that way. I was like, yeah, don't worry, buddy. Lots of people yeah. want to punch me in the face. How many hands of poker did you actually get to play? Uh, let's see, James. Considering we started with 3,000 in chips and the blinds started at 50 and 100, I played probably zero hands of poker. I played like zero turns. Right. <laughs> I'll say that much. Um, so I did go out and forth in my sit and go which was perfect for me because it would have been a prize i didn't want anyway well let's talk about other people playing poker at a much higher level than that uh, it's the second of our monaco tv recaps tv recap because we have episode three of the main events on tv this week channel four in the UK and Ireland, it was aired on Wednesday night. If you missed it, you can catch up at channel4.com slash poker anywhere else in the world, and you'll be able to see it at pokerstars.tv. Uh, so, Joe, we talked about episodes one and two last week. Episode two was the first half of day three, which really kind of had all the bust-out bubble bonanza. Now it's kind of knuckled down, make it to the end of day three time, and we had the same lineup on the feature table, Daniel Negreanu, Elki and Hussein Ensan, which I thought was an entertaining dynamic. And I had forgotten until I went back to watch this show again that Jerome Brion is at that table. This is the guy who ultimately took out Patrick Antonius and Brion's in quite a few hands as well. James, when you go, when you watch the shows, when we're voicing them, do you recognize a guy like Jerome Brion then? Uh, Because, like, for example, Michael Kolkovich becomes, like, a huge thing uh, later on, as you guys know, if you've watched the live stuff. But, like, when I went back and watched, like, day one and day two, and I see Kolkovich sort of on the the secondary feature table, uh, it it didn't register with me when I was doing the voiceover. Like, oh, that's the dude. No, Kolkovich was such a huge part of that main event. And obviously, spoiler alert, goes very deep in this tournament that I couldn't help but remember him someone like Jerome Brion was not on my radar at all until we came to actually voice the shows and obviously we saw him last week he's on the main feature table this week and now I very much know who he is and were he to play another live event and be on our feature table or make a deep run I would say that's Brion I remember him from Monte Carlo now you do okay and that wasn't okay i good because he's he did I didn't clock him at all no either. but I guess he's the kind of fourth cast member at this table because you know, there are other players there. Valerie Lubinets, the farmer, he's there. Uh, there's, a, But apart from those guys, I couldn't tell you who is at that table because most of the hands that are in the show involve our principals, our key characters. Right. And Elke, this, is, this show really is more about Elke than anyone else because thanks to being dealt aces twice in a relatively short period of time, I know these are edited highlights, but even so, it was in a pretty short time frame, he managed to double up twice because he gets the gift of Daniel calling off with King-Queen, which I thought was a bit weird. I know Daniel likes calling, but even so. And then we have Hussein Ensan doing what Hussein Ensan does best, which is to four-bet shove with 10-7 off. I'm super, at this point... Um... I'm kind of scared to be critical of the way Daniel plays, not through any way that Daniel's ever behaved. He's great, but I know he listens to the show. I know he watches live streams. And so when this happened, I was kind of confused by it myself. And I was like, Oh man, if I get this wrong, I'm just going to have to, I'm going to get it from Daniel later. But, um, I also thought it was a little weird, the calling it off with King Queen. And again, it could be one of those things like maybe I just know what the whole cards are. Sure. I think again, it's poker. It's situational. I don't think Elkie's ever shoving light there. The weird thing is, Elkie plays a very solid form of poker. And I just think that King-Queen is never playing well against Elkie's range in that spot. If Daniel feels differently, I'm sure I'll hear about it. But also, I don't think Daniel was on his A-game that day, as evidenced by the fact that he clearly needs a power nap. He clearly needs some rest. He'd had an exhausting front end 
of uh, PokerStars Championship Monte Carlo, playing in the Super High Roller event, playing in the cash game. Plus, right. let's not forget, Daniel has so many promotional bits and pieces he has to do whenever he's on location that I think by this point, all he needed was just some time away from the tables and a good night's sleep. I didn't notice how tired he was in the moment, like on the day. And I think that's probably also a testament to Daniel that he always uh, it looks on and energized. Uh, but then when we sort of did a couple of different sort of editing tricks on our show that just aired i was like holy shit when you string this together he looks pretty freaking tired yeah and i remember him being exhausted at the time i remember him being kind of very tired and you know people actually asking a couple of people at the table asked are you okay um but ensign was building a stack elkeet was building a stack but you know i want to i want to talk about elkeet for a second yeah. before we move on so this to me elkey like getting the two big uh were they full double ups with aces or was it yeah. one double up and one no, both two full double ups with aces? This to me, knowing what happens now reminds me of like how I felt like watching Luke Skywalker, like trained to be a Jedi and he's like kicking butt. But, you know, later in the movie, the Emperor is going <laughs> to shock the shit out of him. Like every time I would watch Jedi, I'd be like, this is great and this is fun. But that scene is coming up where, where Luke gets electrocuted and it really upsets me. And that's how I feel watching this now because I see this like amazing like couple of hands for Elki and I know what's coming. Accentuate the positive right here, right now. At this point in the Monte Carlo main event, he is on a tear. Uh, well, let's talk to someone who was at that feature table for a short while. She wasn't on the show this week. She was in the show last week, the first half of day three. Sadly, we saw her get eliminated and we need to ask her about that hand as well. Please welcome back to Poker in the Ears from Team Poker Stars Pro, Selena Lynn. Hi, everyone. Hello, Hi, Selena. Selena. So much we want to talk to you about, uh, but we are in the middle of our TV recap. So let's start with Monte Carlo, Selena, which I guess chronologically would be right because it was several months ago. And obviously, <laughs> I don't want to pour over day three because it wasn't a particularly happy day for you because obviously you didn't make it to the end of that day. But you did get to play on our feature table with Daniel, with Elki, with Hussein Ensan. It looked like you guys were kind of having fun for a while. Um, it was really fun table, like just knowing, you know, both Daniel and Alki for a really long time and have played with them both, um, especially knowing Alki, you know, very, very well. Like we go to dinners together and everything. There's a lot of like needling going on, you know, between all of us. Um, knowing Daniel, you know, with his personality, with his talking on the table and stuff like that. And I knew that sitting um, in the positions where we're sitting at the table, there was definitely going to be a lot of action happening, very active players as well, both of them. So yeah. um, I was really looking forward to being at the feature table and I was looking forward to being there longer, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> you know, when, <laughs> but once uh, Jose came onto the table, yeah, like uh, I guess we played a few very aggressive parts. Yeah, he became table captain very quickly. Just on the subject of Daniel, Joe and I were just talking about the fact that uh, certainly during the second half of day three, after you departed, he kind of goes on the decline because he was a little bit sleepy. Did you notice that he maybe may have been under the weather or uh, a bit tired? Um, I did. I felt like he wasn't fully on his game. Um, I saw that like he had his, you know, head um, on the table. He was taking some power naps. That's not the usual Daniel Negreanu vibe you get. He's usually very energetic. Yeah. Um, you know, it's probably him not getting enough quinoa, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that it's because Daniel was sleepy and therefore his mental barriers may have been lower that you were able to call out his hand? <laughs> um, I think it's usually Daniel that's calling out most people's hands and not the yeah. other way around. Yeah, I think that when people start calling out his hands, it gives him almost a sense of, oh, crap, like I'm on the other side of the table. The table has turned a little bit, you know, and it makes you your confidence, I think, also at the same time. Um, deteriorate a little bit because you're like oh crap like it seems like everybody else is so on their game as well um i can see that like um he was definitely more energetic you know starting out on the day and slowly you know it deteriorated i think that for poker players you know we all realize that just how physically draining mentally um you no know, poker can be 
That was a great moment when you called out the Queen Jack suited, though, Selena, because you look so pleased with yourself. When he confirms that he had Queen Jack of Hearts, you're like, really? I got it spawn. Really? Yeah, it I... doesn't happen to you very often. <laughs> I am such a bad poker player. I mean, Selena just made a really good point in that, like, if you get your hand called out, you should at least be like, oh, shit, I just had my hand called out. Like, maybe I shouldn't. Uh, maybe confirm I'm doing it. something wrong. Right. Except me, I'm like, oh, wow, you called my hand out. That's so neat. Like, I'm not even smart enough to realize that that's a bad thing. I'm just like, ooh, yay. Well done. Yeah, the dynamics change when uh, you really feel like, you know, someone has your number on the table as well. And it's also the fact that I feel like Alki really picked up some real good hands to three bet with and actually like chip up like quite a bit, you know, during that day. And it, you know, being in position of Daniel the whole day must yeah. have been exhausting to play against as well. You know, and Alki does have a pretty aggressive image at times on the table. And he felt like it kept being against Daniel that he picked up these really good hands as well and doubling up and so forth. So I'm sure like that didn't help. And of course, Elki was aided and assisted by Mal5 and you brought your own very attractive card protector to the table as well. Yes, um, my little card protector is actually given to me by a girl called Melody and the card protector itself is actually Melody the Rabbit. And if you guys know about uh, Steve O'Dwyer's mango, that's actually given to him by the same girl, Melody. So it's a very oh. lucky charm that she has passed on to me and um, I've been carrying it around for the last year or so. That's, uh, well, I have to admit that I did find that little creature to be quite adorable. Yeah, she gets a, a lot of attention on the table. <laughs> Is the real uh, Melody as adorable? Because she's, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I've been dumped four times this week, Selena, so I just <laughs> need really anything to latch on to. She is extremely adorable. She is the most bubbly girl you'll ever meet in poker and very, very positive. Um, she actually plays a lot of um, the Poker Stars Championship, you know, stops. And, yeah, she loves it. Um, she actually found poker about three, four years ago. She's taken down, like, a high roller event in Manila and so forth. So very big poker enthusiast. Melody, I love you. Um, Selena, you spoke a little bit about position. You had position on Hossein Ensan, who's a bit of a wild card. Uh, I know we're supposed to want to be on somebody's left, but what I mean, what is it really like to be on the left of someone who's pretty unpredictable? Well, I think that sometimes that's where there takes a position away from you. Um, yeah, exactly. I think that, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think that, like, as you guys... Um, could see in the hand where Alki raised and Hussein called and I decided to squeeze with ace-queen. Yes. And he came over the top. And it was a move I didn't um, expect at all from him, which made me call very quickly because I felt like, oh, now he's just kind of like overthinking the fact that I'd be extremely aggressive um, squeezing a lot of couple of spots and uh, decided to come over with a less than premium hand. And that's when I decided to call um, with my ace queen. It was um, a very OMG moment for everybody because I was chipping yeah. up nicely. It was a surprising moment for us, and I, I say this in the moment as well, because I remember us calling the action live on the webcast as well, because it seemed, well, she's got 40 big blinds, does so she really need to call it off here with ace-queen? Would you say, in retrospect, it, it was a mistake? Was it the, the fast reaction as well, the fact you didn't even think about it? Yeah, um, you know how sometimes you have that f almost instinctual feel about something? and Yeah. Like, I think that I would have been more not okay calling than calling. Um, if I if I looked back and I saw, okay, he's got tens and I fold it there, I'd be like, oh, but I had the read where, like, I didn't feel like I was behind, you know. And at the time, like, sometimes your, your instincts are really spot on, you know. And for me, I was just like, does he do that with Ace Jack? Possibly, you know. And could he possibly do it with maybe ace-10 even, you know? I mean, I went, like, in my mind, a couple hands really, like, went through my head. And I was like, I think he could do that with ace-10, definitely with ace-jack. So immediately I was just like, you know, my hand is going to be 
looking great against those hands and it's going to be just flipping with everything else. And I was willing to take that. Well, the weird thing is, of course, if we fast forward a couple of orbits, the guy makes exactly the same move but with 10-7, and Elkie wakes up with aces. So the weird thing is that he does have the capability to shove very light there. Exactly. I actually felt so much better with my call after I saw the 10-7 hand. (laughs) Positive (laughs) reaffirmation. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, see? Uh, My my, my thought process was validated by how you play that hand. Um, But it was also, I guess, timing for me a little bit because – you know, I felt like it wasn't um, a snap shove from him. He thought about it and it w- the, the timing that he took to think about it, you know, everything kind of felt like it fell into, you know, a core for me. And that's kind of how I went about it. And I think if you guys saw, I think there was a hand where I think Daniel raised and he caught out the small and I think I raised ace eight it was um, out of the big blind and I made a squeeze and that was Daniel went folded queen jack so in terms of the dynamics of what was happening on the table i felt like it was kind of the right timing no sure um to call there so yeah i mean obviously we were very sad to see you depart the feature table the good news is you're gonna be back on tv in a few weeks because we've got the pokestars championship cash challenge coming to our screens uh, in the first couple of months of 2018 but i want to fast forward to real time selena because you have just finished an epic trip to macau where you won your third spady which is i understand what you call the trophies in that part of the world yeah the acop is actually um a tournament that actually attracts pretty much all the biggest names from poker especially in the last two to three years because of the sheer amount of high roller um, events that they run during that time so we're talking about a bunch of you know 30k usd buyings plus so um you know we get I would say at least 50 to 60 of the world's biggest names coming down. And, you know, they happen to, a lot of them happen to be Germans and um, the sheer amount of just like um, talent, you know, there is poker is amazing. And I managed to pick up my third spady, which is, um, you know, a feat because uh, it's the first time anybody has ever done it. And I think that, you know, doing so really makes you feel like, Oh, I'm still, a part of you know the current game i've haven't fallen behind because sometimes as poker players you feel like sometimes the time and the talent of other poker players surpass you you know it's a constant evolving game you have to be constantly you know learning and like knowing what everybody else is doing yeah i mean i obviously a cup seems to grow in reputation every single year and it's a, a festival that i'd love to be able to go to one day i'm hoping that one day we'll be able to to live stream some of the tournaments there because Everyone really bigs it up, and it's clearly become one of the biggest tournament series in the world. And obviously, any time you can win a third poker tournament, a third trophy is a good day. So, belated congratulations, Cena. It was the was it the ladies' event you won? It was the ladies' event. But what was funny was back to back to back ladies' event I had won. So the joke is that nobody's going to play the ladies' event with me now. <laughs> Lena's going to win that two-player ladies' event field again next year. <laughs> Heads up. Yeah. And what was actually crazy sick was I um, played the Mega Stack, which was the second last event of the ACOP. I went into Heads Up Play with a chip lead of extra five big blinds. I got aces <sighs> versus ace, queen, or yin preflop. And the board ran out. And the river Jack gave him the straight and it was painful. I think the whole poker room could hear my heartbreak oh, at that point. So it was so close that fourth space. Selena, yeah. was it as painful as being bitten by a monkey? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see, I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm glad we moved on to this because you did tease us a few weeks back because we've had the monkey bite. We've had the exploding teapot. You implied that there has been some further calamity, this time involving your foot. <laughs> Okay, it's not as painful as a monkey bite, but it is um, definitely less painful than running or getting your foot on <laughs> a car. A car went over your foot? <laughs> yes. Yeah, don't you remember that but, one? Um, yeah, I, I remember it very well. <laughs> you know, James um, has just heard so many disaster stories from you that he forgot about your foot getting run you know, over. This is, the this is the new one. The car one is the new one, right? <laughs> It's a new one, yes. Oh, I'm yes. thinking about the other car one where you wrecked the your your roof or something. 
Oh, yes, the garage door came down. Okay, I had honestly forgotten that one. So, yes, there are so many tales of Selena Lynn's woes that many of them have actually disappeared from my brain. But tell us about what happened to your foot. Right, so right after visiting the Palace of Versailles, um, you know, I was crossing the road to get a kebab. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm, you're starving. The story like, is already amazing. I was leaving a palace and decided I wanted a kebab. And it's 6pm, right? And, and the sun was beating down on me all day. And to get to all the different spots on the Palace of Versailles, it takes forever. And I was falling asleep. Selena, Selena, loo. you can't eat kebabs at 6pm. They can only ever be consumed in the early hours of the morning when drunk. Is that right? The, the that is the or... international law of kebabs. <laughs> Soaks up the alcohol. Yeah, but like kebabs, great any day. It was meant to be just a snack at 6 p.m. before I get dinner. Okay, so it was just meant to be a snack. What an and... appetite. You're my hero. <laughs> I love food. <laughs> so as I was crossing the road, I see a big bus. And then the bus has stopped on the side to pick up passengers. And then I looked on around the bus and I see a car waiting. And the car looks like it's possibly going to kind of try to go around the bus. So I was like, oh, okay, this is my opening. I'll run across the road really quickly, okay? So I'm like bolting across the road. And then I'm like, oh, crap. I forgot to look on the other side. <laughs> and then I look oh on the other side. God. <laughs> the car comes like and he's driving pretty slow so he like he knocks me on the side of my shoulder runs over my right foot runs over two toes on my left knocks me to the ground and i'm like holy crap what just happened everything was in slow motion but at the same time it happened so quickly so as it was happening in slow motion i regretted one thing which was not spending enough time with my family uh, oh, God. Okay, but that, it literally occurred to me. I was like, "Oh crap!" And it was just one of those moments where you're like, "I hope this is not going to be bad," you know. And then I <laughs> land on the ground. I hope this <laughs> getting hit ground. by a car right now isn't going to be bad. There aren't many positive scenarios. There aren't many positive outcomes to this particular situation. Uh, please tell me, Selena, that you went to a hospital and didn't just go on Google, which is your normal mo. Um, I'm going to disappoint you guys once again. I did not go to the hospital. Oh, for heaven's sake! <laughs> so, yeah, and, and I don't understand them. And I'm just like, you know, I don't want to be in a cast or anything while I'm traveling in Europe. Like, I want to be walking around and enjoying Europe. You know, I was just like... I'm going to enjoy gonna Europe fine. hobbling around with a broken foot. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, so the car right behind the car that hit me happened to be a police car. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> So the policeman right away calls up an ambulance. So within like five minutes, the ambulance shows up. So I've got the police, the ambulance. And the day before, we had the fire truck come down as well. So literally in two days, I've had like every single department, right, come down to rescue me. And Wait, the day why, before, why the fire department? Wait, how did we just gloss over the fire department <laughs> prequel? Well, so you Flores, like the day before... Uh, we get locked out of a park. Well, hey, at least, the, at least these things are happening in multiple countries, so they can't have like a record on you. Yeah, so we couldn't get back into the apartment without a fire truck coming down to break the door down, kind of thing. So, so they came to open the door for us, and there happened. I didn't know fire truckers did that. Like, I did not know firemen help people get back into their apartments. Wow! Don't you know, tell was, me the coast guard gets called a day later. Have we managed to like get a full house here? <laughs> Earth, wind, and fire. <laughs> yeah, so the ambulance came down and they checked my foot. They're like, oh, looks like you can walk. There's a bit of swelling going on. The doctor, uh, they called up the hospital. The doctor suggests for me to go in for a checkup. I said, oh, but if I can walk, nothing's broken, right? They're like, oh, no, nothing looks like it's broken. So in my mind, logically, I'm like, well, if nothing's broken, what could they possibly do for me? I, I actually like, kind of oh, understand that. That that that, yeah, that right? logic actually makes sense to me. Correct. It's kind of internal. Like there's no bone sticking out externally. I was just like, there's not much they could do for me. And I was like, you know what? I still just want a kebab. And <laughs> I told everybody to leave and get out of my face so I could eat my kebab. And that, that was it. And then I hobbled around for the next two weeks. Um, I'm actually still feeling um I guess it would be a knee bruise on the side because I got knocked to the ground still because it's 
six months right now and they say it t- sometimes takes up to about a year to heal so I'm waiting to get back fully to like running and jogging and everything but for now you know I'm I'm walking I'm walking I'm wow. walking very well this is how much Selena Lynn loves kebabs <laughs> ladies and gentlemen uh, if I, I if do. I had known, I would have made. You know, Selena, I'm gonna we're gonna play one of my dumb games right now, and if you win, I'll buy you a kebab next time I see you. How's that? <laughs> okay, that's good. And I that's guarantee you that me. the next time you're on this show and Joe c- compiles another quiz, it's gonna be kebab themed. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> it's gonna be all about. Uh, it's gonna be kebabby babby. All right, baby, kebabby babby. I can't. Yep. I'm not gonna make that work. Here we go. <laughs> the game we're gonna play, Selena, is gonna be is called Virtual Linsanity. And all you okay. gotta do is know stuff that starts that has the word Lin in it. Alright. Very easy stuff. Like I'm gonna give an example for James Hardigan. Okay, I'll, I'll see if I can answer this one. Yep. The Stanley Kubrick movie James had shipped to my house so he could avoid paying shipping is Barry Lyndon. Barry Lyndon. Got you got the gist of it, Selena Lynn? Okay, I got it. I've never heard of that movie, though. So, uh, oh, Selena, you need to watch it, it. It's so underrated. It's yes? one of Kubrick's best. New Criterion edition out in the US. And it's much cheaper if you have it sent to Joe's house than across the Atlantic. <laughs> are, there, uh, are, there, are there any kebabs in it? Because if not, I think we might be... I'm uh, afraid not. I'm not sure that late 18th century kebab eating was, uh, was a popular pastime. Damn. Well, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Okay, here we go. Question number one. By the way, Selena, there are two lifelines you can use. You can Hector Hardigan or you can jingle your keys out of Giles. Giles is the sound engineer. Okay. All right, here we go. Question number one. This famous pilot had his baby stolen. Wow. No idea. Hardigan. Lindbergh. That's right. Well, he answered too quickly. It was Charles Lindbergh. That is correct. Here's a poker-related one. You're on the board, Selena. Only one lifeline left. The WPT hostess, I had to stop following on Twitter because my crush on her was becoming unbearable. Lynn Gilmartin. Lynn Gilmartin is correct. Two points. A f- this is a floor covering made from renewable materials such as solidified linseed oil, otherwise known as linoxin. Floor covering. A floor covering. Do you have any keys? Do you want to jingle your keys at a Giles? Uh oh, I'll shuffle some pins. Oh, don't don't drop anything. <laughs> She's yeah, don't Okay, G- Giles is talking to me. I can hear him. Linoleum. Giles says it's linoleum. Linoleum it's is so correct. Boy stuff. Oh, there's such a thing as boy stuff. Selena just said that. Hashtag everyday sexism. I want everyone out there to know that there's boys up. Okay, well, this question's about clothes, Selena. Is that girl stuff oh, okay, enough for you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, like, you have like a, if you have a lot of schmutz all over your clothes, you might use one of these. Lint roller. A lint roller. There hey, we go. You know, four points. Somehow you're 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 batting a thousand here. Uh, t- question number five. This song by the Cranberry asks, "Do you have to? Do you have to? Do you have to let it?" Linger? Yes! Linger. I just guessed! Oh my god! <laughs> it would have been amazing at the end of that if you'd said zombie. Zombie. Uh, here we go. Question number six. This musician's band goes by the nickname P-Funk or Parliament Funkadelic. Okay, the only one that I know with my name in is Linkin Park, so I'm going to go with that. Linkin Park is incorrect. We finally had a mister. We're... We were looking for George Clinton. Bill's cousin. Oh, I would never get that. I would never get that one. Two more questions, Selena. I think you've booked yourself a, a delicious kebab here anyway. This is a four-stringed wooden instrument, the most famous maker of which is Stradivari. Violin. Violin is correct. Six points. And finally, a medication I hope to never be on ever again. Viagra? <laughs> Viagra is a, me- a medication I hope to be on many times for the rest of my life. We were looking for penicillin. Oh, man. Penicillin. Uh, you got six correct, Selena, which I make a majority score. I make that a win. <laughs> I, I, I have said that to needle him. <laughs> I was going to say we should take seven points away for Selena thinking that the 
that the name Lynn appears in Viagra. That is a good point. Anyway, <laughs> Selena, uh, you win. I'll buy you a kebab, uh, and you won't even have to run into traffic to get it. You have to get the kebab from Berlin, though. They have the best food truck, and the kebab there is amazing. Bonus question. Bonus question. Which city serves the best kebabs? <laughs> Berlin. 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 <laughs> and it comes An amazing full Vietnamese circle. food for some reason. Selena, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's always a delight. Always a pleasure to talk to you. The pleasure is all mine, guys. Thanks for having me. Poker in the ears. Just very quickly, Joe, before we move on and before we bring this week's superfan onto the podcast, I would like to thank everyone who trolled Chris Moneymaker on Twitter over the weekend. I did mention that when we were doing the NFL shoot, Chris realized there was no chair in his hotel room. (laughs) He had to kneel for the entire recording. And so we wanted to send him pictures of General Zod, kneel before Zod. And of course, Chris is of that age. He immediately got the reference. And he said to me, "Why, why am I getting kneel before Zod on my timeline? I went, Chris, what did you have to do last week? Which then prompted his tweet, I hate you. I don't know why you got tarred with the same brush i apologize but i guess he thinks you're the ringmaster here he thinks that you've poisoned me against him i mean it's a classic case of if you ever wanted to run this kind of scam james no one would believe me that this that i was i was like "Ah, i didn't have anything to do with this chris in fact i said we probably shouldn't do it no one would ever believe that um so yeah uh sorry chris but i i like you I'm taking the high road here. Yes, we do. We love a better moneymaker and we love the fact that he took it so well. But yes, thank you to everyone who sent a picture of General Zod at C Moneymaker. I did promise a prize to one lucky winner. So Joe, I want you to give me a number between one and 25. I'm going to go with 25 because I'm trying to date older. Okay, number 25. Paul Cunningham from Birmingham in the United Kingdom. Congratulations, Paul. You have been successfully drawn at random. You do win the much-coveted, promised, moneymaker-themed prize, which is the movie Deal on DVD, which features a blink-and-your-miss-it cameo from Chris Moneymaker. Well done, Paul Cunningham, for winning that prize. Oh, man, James, are you sure that you want to risk sending a bomb through the mail? (laughs) Maybe Paul will enjoy the movie. Some people did. Uh, We've got better prizes than that to give away right now, though. Superfan versus Stakes. So please welcome to this week's episode of Poker in the Years, Harry Mansell. Hi there, Harry. Hello. Hey, Harry. I am going to guess, Harry, that you have already been to a PokerStars live event because I'm staring right now at your Skype avatar, which is a picture of you with Daniel Negreanu. (laughs) No, I haven't actually. That was at um, the World Series of Poker in 2014. Edit that out, cut it out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Was that, were you at the World Series that year to play or were you just to kind of gawp at all of the big names and have your photo taken with the stars? So um, I was already going to Vegas anyway in 2014, but just before I went, I actually won a bit of money on PokerStars and actually played an event, which was pretty mad. So that was like a dream come true. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't not get a picture of him. I fanboyed a bit when I saw him, so I just thought I'd ask. Everyone loves a bit of Daniel. Uh, so obviously, we're very keen to know about your life outside of poker. Uh, I will ask Joe's normal question in my own inimitable style: Who is your father, and what trade or profession is he employed in? <laughs> My father is... No, no, hot- don't take it literally, Harry. What oh, do right. you do for a living? <laughs> uh, uh, I'm a lorry driver. And that is why you needed to pull over to the road. Yeah. Uh, ah, now yeah. it all makes... Now it's all clear. What kinds of things do you drive? Uh, well, a 14-tonner I drive. Not like the massive ones, like rigid trailer. Not like the big Arctics, but uh, fairly big. Class 2 I am. Class 2 license. And, and what, what goes inside the truck? Uh, well, apart from me, uh, I deliver like flooring, so like carpets, tiles. Oh my goodness, we had a flooring question for Selena Lynn earlier. <laughs> the answer was linoleum. Do you ever carry linoleum? Uh, don't think we do. I don't know. God damn it! Nobody <laughs> knows what linoleum is. Imagine the synergy that we would have had on this show had you answered yes to that question. So, are you at the moment parked in a layby? 
I'm just like parked in a very safe place in the middle of Birmingham. Don't worry. I'm on my bike anyway, so. Excellent. Glad to hear it. We won't take up too much of your time. Obviously, you know the deal. We're going to give you the chance to win a ticket to a satellite, to a Pokestars live event, probably Prague, because we'd love to see you in the Czech capital just before the end of the year. Uh, And also, as I mentioned last week, the hoodies are gone, but we do have the Pokestars mini chipsets available as well. So you're Ah. playing for one of those. Um, Now, you chose as your specialist subject. I think you nominated a couple of subjects, Harry, but we've gone with the movie Gladiator, which shockingly is now... 17 years old <laughs> it's mad Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. i know it's depressing to put it into those terms i have to be honest with you i've not seen it for a few years but i absolutely love this film it's one of my favorite films of all time actually joe you a fan uh, i think this movie is fantastic and i thought it was a kind of an odd choice for best picture but because it was so popcorny but uh, i love it <laughs> Yeah, it was a tough year at the Oscars, actually, because it was up against uh, Traffic, Crouching Tiger that year. Um, And I think they did that classic split it out where they gave Soderbergh Best Director for Traffic and gave Best Picture to Gladiator. But let's not geek off on that stuff too much. Now, I've already warned Joe, Harry, that the interns who compiled this quiz have made it ridiculously tough. So I apologise in advance. (laughs) I, I expect this to be... Now, if I was an NFL commentator, it would be a defensive battle, which basically means you're not going to see any points scored. However, there is already a point on the board because Joe did a really good joke at the top of the show. So he's already <laughs> one nil up. I'm sorry about that. Oh, and I'm sorry you didn't oh, get well. to hear the joke. But when you listen back to the podcast, you will. Yeah. It's all good. Okay. Um, yeah. So there are 10 questions. And I am going to allow you to choose where you want to go on the board first. One through 10. Harry, take it away. Uh, I'll go just six, please. Question number six. After Maximus's infamous Are You Not Entertained speech, what exotic pet is Proximo feeding when talking to Maximus? Now, I can give you multiple choice Ooh. options if you want to play for one point, or you can guess the animal for two points. Right, I think I know, but I will get multiple choice just to be okay. sure. Okay, is it a lion, a hyena, a tiger, or a giraffe? Uh, I'm split between two now. I think I'm wrong, but I'm going to say hyena. It is a hyena. You get a point. You're oh, on the yeah. board, and we have a tied game. Uh, Joe, your first question, please. Six has gone. Uh, it is always coming seven. Yes, it is. Which actor turned down the lead role of Maximus as he felt he was too old for the part? I don't know. Let's do some choices. Okay, was it Tom Hanks, Bruce Willis, Sylvester Stallone, or Mel Gibson? Mel Gibson. It was Mel Gibson. Can I just point out that any one of those four would have been awful in this film? (laughs) I I picked the one who I thought was least awful. (laughs) (laughs) Good shout. Uh, Harry, six and seven have gone. Two. Two. This is a multiple choice question, should you need the options. Where was Maximus first sold as a slave? Oh, God. Uh, I'm going to have to guess. Um, It's obvious steel at the slave store. Okay, I'm actually looking for a location Uh, where the slave store was. Multiple choice, can't I? You can have multiple choice. The options are Zuckerbar, Massilia, Salona, or Thessalonica. Oh, my God, they sound all made up. I'll go for the last one you said, just as a guess. Thessalonica. No, it was Zuckerbar. But there is a bonus question. There's still a chance to score a point. How much does Proximo pay for the slaves? Uh, 10,000. Joe, you can steal. He pays 14 schmeckles and 14 <laughs> pence. Uh, I can't give you style points for that one. It was actually 2,000. <laughs> I love the fact that it doesn't specify 2,000 what. Uh, Joe, which question would you like? Uh, I would like question the lowest question available, please. That's question one. And there are no multiple choice options available. It's a finish the quotation. Do you remember what our father said once? Actually, I was kind of channeling Russell Crowe there, and it's actually Commodus who says this. Do you remember what our father said once? That was, imagine Anthony Daniels playing Commodus. That's basically what I gave you there. (laughs) Okay, so the line is, do you remember what father said once? Yeah, and I need you to complete the line. The next line uh, is, 
Yes. It's not. Harry, you can steal, <laughs> and uh, I'll give you a point if you're close. <laughs> um... God, I watched half it last night and fell asleep, which is a bit of a bad thing now. Um, God, uh, can you remember what I father said once? I will die for Rome. That's just a guess. No, it's a dream. A frightful dream, life is. I did say it was tough. Okay, Harry. The shit, guys. Pick a fucking line somebody's heard before. <laughs> I think I probably need to redefine the parameters of Superfan. Uh, Joe, it, uh, sorry, Harry, it's your question. Three, four, five, eight, nine, and ten, all available. Nine. Question number nine. There are multiple choice options available, should you need them. The description of Maximus's home was ad-libbed by Russell Crowe. What was he actually describing? Uh, I'll get multiple choice, but I think I know. I just want to be was safe. he describing his Italian holiday retreat, a restaurant he went to the night before, his home <laughs> in Australia, or his childhood? Oh, I'm really confused here. His childhood? No, it was his home in Australia. Oh, I should have knew that. Don't worry. You, you got to do a walkabout in the outback. Please stop, I think Joe. Joe's going to win one, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's only 2-1 <laughs> up. It's still anyone's game. Uh, Joe, your next question. Go on. What do you want? Uh, question number... Is three available? Three is available. It's another quote. Finish this <laughs> quotation. Uh, this is a quotation from Gracchus, who you probably don't even remember from the movie. The beating heart of Rome is not the marble of the Senate. It's the sand of the Colosseum. This is actually quite a famous line in the film, actually, to be fair. The bit that I need you to say. Bread and circuses? No. Harry, do you know? No. He'll <laughs> bring them death, and they will love him for it. Oh, God. Harry. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would just like to give some constructive criticism to when you... It's like a complete quotation. You want to make sure that the sentence you give isn't like a complete quotation in and of itself. Joe? I will make sure your feedback is passed on. I will let them know how bitterly disappointed you are. Four, you can, five. You, you can you can scale it back so I don't get like written up for for parading. I, I think things. they listen to the show, so I don't, I don't even need to pass it on. <laughs> Four, five, eight, and ten. 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 Oh, it's a quotation. It's oh, Commodus. God. He shouldn't be alive. It vexes me. That they cheer for him? No. Joe, do you know? Oh. I'm very vexed. I'm going to give you a point. It's I'm terribly vexed. <laughs> oh. And just like that, Joe has a 3-1 lead. Uh, Harry. <laughs> that line is one of the st stupidest lines <laughs> in the movie. Sorry, Joe, it's your question, Joe. Four, five, and eight available. Uh, four, please. Which battle was Maximus recreating in his first appearance at the Colosseum? Uh, there are multiple choice options available. I think it was uh, Hannibal and the Pyrenees. Would you like the multiple choice options, or are you just going no. for it? No, I'm going for it. I got a huge lead. Okay. You had the right person, but it was actually the Damn. Battle of Carthage. But it did ah, involve Carthage. Hannibal, so, so, so nice try. Um, okay, Harry. Five or eight. Eight, please. Which... Okay, I think you're going to get this one, and I think you're going to get two points. Which actor <laughs> died during the late stages of the production? Oh, something Reed, wasn't it? Do I have to say his real name or the actor in the programme? I need the actor's name. You've got his last name. What was his first name? I'm, I'm torn between Peter and Oliver for some reason. Oh, okay. I'm going to get... I'm going to guess... Is it Oliver Reed? It is Oliver Reed for two yes. points. Oh, God. And just okay. like that, we have a tied game. We could be going to the tiebreaker unless Joe gets question five correct. Joe, Maximus yes. has a tattoo. S-P-Q-R. What does that stand for? Multiple choice options available. Uh, I, I should know this because uh, I went on a date the other day with a girl that had it on her uh, wrist. <laughs> And I took Latin for four years, so I will definitely, hopefully, get it with the multiple choice. Okay. 
Is it Salus Populi Quadrus, Senatus Populus Romanus, Semper Podex Qualum Riscus, or Sabine Populi Quadrin Recubo? Can you read the first one again, please? Salus Populi Quadrus. I don't know why they're why are they leaving the R off of that choice. That's weird. Uh, choice number one. Uh, it's not choice number one. No, it's the second one. Senatus Populesque Romanus. Um, there is a bonus point, though. <gasps> he could still win the game. What does it mean in English? Uh, what do I do here? Um, it means the few, the proud, the brave. No, it means the Senate and the Roman people, which does take us to the tiebreaker. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to ask a question, and Joe is going to type his answer in Skype chat to me privately, Ooh. and you're going to give your answer verbally, Harry, okay? Okay. Yeah. So don't say anything until I have a written answer from Joe. Okay. When, when asked after the opening battle how long it's been since Maximus has been home, he answers two years and a certain number of days. Two years and how many days? Joe, type your answer, please. Okay. I am typing my answers to figure out how to type into Skype. Yeah, make sure you type it to just me, not to the group. Oh, I almost did that. <sighs> I can't take him anywhere. <laughs> Well, they, there's a brand new version of Skype right now that I'm just using for the first time, which is uh, window. Oh, goodness. Oh, wait, I'm getting there. There we go. Oh, skip tutorial. Thanks. Okay. And here we go. Okay. Uh, He's oh. typing his answer. Okay. I have the answer that Joe has given me. Harry, please give me your answer verbally. Two years and how many days? 324 you say 324 joe has gone much lower than that joe says 17 the actual answer is 264 you are closer harry Ooh. so you win the game yay i'm almost positive <laughs> it was two years 17 days well take it up with the interns <laughs> and i'm sure you will uh congratulations harry that means you will be receiving a 55 euro ticket to try and qualify for pokestars championship prague or you'll get the equivalent in tea money and you also receive the pokestars mini chipset ah cheers thank you and thank you very much for coming on the show uh, it's been a pleasure thanks a lot All right, my babies, that is almost all the time we got for this week's show. Next week, we've got more TV recaps of episode number four from Monaco. Yeah, this is a good one. Um, obviously, you know, at the end of each episode, we have the next time kind of teasing what's ahead. And you may have seen the next show has so many hands where the clock is called. And I do think that this is because it's now becoming acceptable in poker to start calling the clock if people are taking excessive time and there are so many hands in the next show which are big decisions but people are maybe straying into that kind of like two minute three minute mark and it's like clock very clock happy in the next episode uh i've got jury duty again now i haven't been called in yet now, this week we never talked about this did we and i know on the podcast we like to talk about what happens behind the scenes on the tv shows and the live streams but here's a bit of behind the scenes chat on the podcast a few weeks back we were recording and obviously we have an eight hour time difference to deal with and it's not always easy and generally we'll do it mid-afternoon uk time which is first thing in the morning la time but joe's like shit i've got jury duty and if i get called i have to be there what 8 a.m I'd be there at 8, yes. Right. So basically, it's like, you know, that would mean we'd have to record at like 5 a.m., 4 a.m., and, you know, that that that's not great. And we were both like, you know what? You're never going to get called. So we planned like this big morning starting at like 8 a.m., going through <laughs> into like 10.30 a.m. And then, of course, I wake up in the morning and get this kind of sheepish text from Joe. Yeah, I, I I got called in. I'm, 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 I'm doing jury service. And then bizarrely, what, they got sent home that day? No, see, you asked me, you're like, so what's the deal? Don't you have to be like, because I was due to fly to London like on Saturday and this was a Wednesday. And you're like, don't you have to be available for like a certain amount of time? And I was like, yeah, sometimes they only last a day. So I go in and the first thing they say is this trial is going to last seven days. You have to be available. Well, couldn't you have told days. them that on the phone the day before? 
I'm going to London on Saturday. Don't call me up. You don't speak on the phone. They just tell you whether you have to be called oh. in or not. And I had already postponed it also. So you can only postpone it a few times. So when I go in, uh, so I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't stay for this trial. I, 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 I have an interview uh, with Barry Greenstein that I have to do. That's right. I got to I gotta talk about the play money poker billion. Uh, and they're like, okay, well, we can't excuse you for that reason. We can delay it again. And so here I am again this week hoping, because if you make it through the week and don't get called in, you're done. Right. So I'm hoping uh, that I don't get called in at all. Obviously, here's the thing. It's my civic duty. I'm happy to do it. It just really fucks up my life. So it's also a lot of responsibility for an irresponsible man to handle. But you know what, though? I got to be a better juror than 99% of people. Like, I'm going to do a good job on that jury. That is both true and also quite disturbing. Yeah, no, it is more <laughs> disturbing than it should be. Um, I got some pitches, by the way, for some future hole fillers, James, like okay. in case we're, we're, we're lacking poker content. One, that movie The House with Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler, that's out on uh, on demand now. I don't know this movie. Is, is, it, is it a poker movie? It's not a poker movie, but they, it's about this like married couple that doesn't have the money to send their daughter to college, so they open like an underground casino in oh, their that house. That sounds quite fun. I like Will Ferrell. How have I not heard of this film? Because I think it's really grim. Like, I think it's not very good. Okay, um, all I will say is, I promised that the next movie we picked to review would be a good movie. Now, you have the right to pick a bad movie. I don't. Right. So anyway, we'll see when it comes up, because I wouldn't mind watching The Grand either. But uh, And then also, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's this book of poker I've short stories. seen people and, talking about it. Barney Boatman, I think, has contributed to it. Yeah, Barney, did he direct message you? No. Uh, Barney direct messaged me and asked, uh, if I would give it a read and tell him what I thought. And Barney's been to my standup before. So I figured the least I could do is read it, but why not get some mileage on the show? Cause I think Jen Tilly wrote one of the short stories also. So maybe there's a bunch of people in there that we know, and we can kind of do one of these short stories when we need something. Well, all I was going to say is we do not currently have a guest lined up for next week's show. If Barney Boatman wants to come on poker in the ears. Here's here's my one. I mean, I love the Bible. It, the book isn't released in America till April. It's out in the UK now. So I was going to have uh, a couple of copies delivered to the office. I don't know if I'll be able to pick it up and read it in time <laughs> for, next, for next week. Though. I love the fact you're using this as an excuse. If you had a copy of the book right now, you still wouldn't bloody read it before next I, week's podcast. I would read the bare minimum of what needed to be read to talk to Barney next week. Okay, how about I read it to you via Skype? Uh, no, God, no. <laughs> Here's Horrible. your bedtime story, Joe. This will help you sleep better. You just uh, sit back with a cocoa and dream sweet dreams. Anyway, this has been our longest outro of all time. One uh, last reminder, please rate the show. Leave us a nice comment. Do it wherever you can. It really helps us. I think I think the show's been doing okay lately. Yes. I'm happy about that. So thanks for that, guys. Couldn't do it without you. Uh, but that really is, at this point, all the time we've got for this week's show. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. I'll smell you later.